Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. On September 11th, 2020, Unfound featured the disappearance of Robbie Hurt. He went missing from Ringgold, Virginia on December 9th, 2018. A road crew came across Robbie's remains on December 8th, 2020, near where his truck was abandoned. Foul play is not suspected. Today, Unfound remembers Robbie Hurt. I'm Ed Densel, and this is Unfound. Know thyself is one of the oldest concepts in philosophy. It predates Freud, the U.S. Constitution, the Magna Carta, the Bible, and ancient Greece. But what does it mean? Well, if I may rip off the freedictionary.com for a moment, know thyself means being aware of your own limitations and knowing what you're capable of doing. In 21st century jargon, know thyself means stay in your lane. However, in saying that two-word phrase, I also think of a topic that once in a while comes up on unfound. Could a missing person have developed some kind of amnesia and still be out there alive? But he or she doesn't know who he or she really is. There are virtually no stats or studies on the topic. Although there was a story within the last couple years of a guy who was in New Hampshire who ended up in California, claiming he had no idea how he got there. Remember that? I should say, I'm still not convinced that's what happened. Yet all of us have heard of at least one missing persons case that was solved when a person broke out of their amnesiac fugue and contacted their family. Well, in the disappearance of Robbie Hurt, his wife claimed not long before he disappeared that when he would get high, he would forget who he was. In fact, acting as a guest in the house and not its owner. Then Robbie was gone. And we're left to wonder if he is still out there, living in an altered state. And now a summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend Megan Good's website, charlieproject.org. Robbie Hurt was a good guy. Nobody disputes that. Not even his wife who kicked him out of their house on the very day Robbie disappeared. He was a great father. He worked hard at his construction jobs. But Robbie just couldn't kick his drug addiction. He attempted many times but Robbie would then fall back into his bad habits. And when he did, 
Robbie was unrecognizable to the point that he didn't even know who he was, taking on other personas. So on December 9th, 2018, Robbie's wife had had enough. She told him to leave after once again finding out he was using. Robbie left without incident, although his wife didn't know where he was going. It turned out that Robbie showed up at the home of another addict friend, Bob, who lived over the state line in North Carolina. There, to hear Bob tell it, Robbie shot up and overdosed. Bob then brought Robbie back to life using Narcan. Yes, Bob seemingly had it just lying around. Once Robbie regained his senses, but still very much out of his mind, he left Bob's, not saying where he was going. He was never seen again. A few days later, after a huge snowstorm, Bob saw Robbie's truck in a ditch a mile from Bob's home. He alerted Robbie's wife. However, the truck yielded no information as to what happened to Robbie. Many of you know what I think about the possibility of a missing person having some kind of mental episode and forgetting who he or she is. It happens, but it is so rare to the point of being immeasurable. Plus, in Robbie's disappearance, there are still many questions that could take us in a different direction. Number one. If Robbie's truck was found just back over the line in Virginia, why did his phone last ping 45 minutes away in Ruffin, North Carolina? Number two, really, what are the odds that Bob would have Narcan there? And did the police actually verify that? And number three, what are we to make of Bob's story saying that a Mexican cartel was after Robbie for an unpaid drug debt? Robbie's family is open to any and all possibilities regarding his disappearance at this time. The guest for this episode is Robbie's mother, Becky Griffith. Unfound news. Allow me to give you a heads up on a couple upcoming episodes. The final Friday of August will be update episode number nine. And I have a lot to talk about. That will be a long episode. Then the first Friday of September, Unfound will celebrate its fifth anniversary by replaying its first episode, The Disappearance of Susie Lyle. Five years. I cannot believe it. Next, Season 2, Volume 3 of the Unfound book series is about finished. Please look for it on Amazon in both print and ebook form very soon. Finally, I'm back in Clearwater Beach, Florida, after nine days in Pennsylvania with my dad. I also got to see some of my longtime friends at a birthday party. All in all, it was a good trip. But I'm happy to be back here and in my own place. Where you can find Unfound. Unfound supports accounts on Podomatic, iTunes, Spotify, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Deezer, and YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, please join us for the Unfound live show. All of you can talk with me, and I can answer your questions. Contribute to Unfound at patreon.com forward slash unfoundpodcast. You can also contribute at PayPal paypal.me forward slash unfound podcast. I also need to give a huge shout out 
to all the people who have monetarily contributed using Super Chat during the live show on Wednesday nights. Thank you for watching, and thank you for donating. The email address, unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. Merchandise, the books at amazon.com in both ebook and print form. Do not forget the reviews. Shirts at unfound-podcast.myshopify.com or you can track down my assistant Heather in the Facebook group. Playing cards at makeplayingcards.com forward slash sell forward slash unfoundpodcast. The website, theunfoundpodcast.com. And please mention unfound at all true crime websites and forums. Thank you. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound, the mother of Robbie Hurt, Becky Griffith. Becky, welcome to Unfound. Oh, thank you. You're very welcome. Let's start here. You are the mother of Robbie. Uh, how many children do you have, and what is maybe the age span uh, of them, and where does Robbie uh, fall in line? Okay, I have three children, uh, Jamie, Kelly, and Robbie. Um, two boys and a girl. Robbie's the baby, um, and his sister always called him the golden boy. All right, I got to ask you why, Becky. Why do they call him the golden boy? She, he just, she just loved him so much, and he was uh, had such a good personality, and that he was her golden boy. The, I guess they got along. Uh, all these siblings got along very well. Sometimes when I maybe hear the term golden boy, it almost sounds maybe like. Somebody was a little jealous, but it's not like that. Oh, no, no, no. She loved him. She would get aggravated with him sometimes, but she always ended mm -hmm. up, uh, you know, she loved him. She's suffering from uh, PTSD now because oh. of this. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, dang. I'm sure uh, I'm going to talk about that, of course, later in the conversation for sure. Uh, once we okay. talk about – we do that in all the interviews. We talk about – how a disappearance has affected a family. So we can certainly uh, talk about that before we're done with this interview. Sure. Um, what are the what's the age span? Should I say from uh, your oldest down to Robbie? How many years between them? Uh, with uh, Jamie and Kelly, there was uh, a year and a half and three years to Robbie from right. Kelly to Robbie. All right. So only about five close. years. Only about mm -hmm. five years from oldest to youngest. Yes. Okay. All right. And all of them uh, get along. Get a five years difference. All of them get along growing up. Uh, well, you know, they fought some. When all three of them were together, it was a fight. But when just two of them was together, they were great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. You know, they squabbled. Nothing that anybody holds any resentments for now. Okay. Did they do a lot of things together? Did you go um and you, I know you just came back from a vacation, but did they go on vacation together? Uh did they do sports or hobbies together? Or your kids? We went to the beach um uh, several times and we we loved camping. Mhm. Mm okay. So, did yeah, you, we did things a lot of things together. Okay. Did you have like a tent or RV or how'd you do it? Tent. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So Robbie uh, was your youngest, uh, your last born. And yeah. uh, what was he into? Was he uh, just as an individual? Let's talk about Robbie. Uh, interest in hobbies, into sports, music, hunting, and fishing. What was he into? Uh, 
Well, he loved to play the guitar, and um, he uh, loved Green Bay, Green Bay Packers. Uh, he got to go see a game um, just right before he disappeared. And he loved carpentry. He loved making things with his hands. How did he become a Packers fan uh, growing up in your area of the country, Becky? <laughs> well, my uh, oldest son decided that he wanted to pick a team that nobody else liked. And he picked the Green Bay Packers, and then Robbie followed suit. All right. So, and this is all of you growing up in the Virginia area. Is this where this West is? Virginia. West Virginia. Okay. Well, yes. I got being that I'm from Pennsylvania. Why didn't you pick the Steelers? Well, I don't know. My oldest son picked it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So he went for the Green Bay Packers. I have nothing against mm-hmm. the Packers. Okay. I think I think they were the underdog, and okay. none of his friends liked them, or you know. So mm-hmm. he decided that's who he wanted to. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, I'm a bit of a musician myself. With the uh, with the guitar, was self-taught guitar, electric guitar, or uh, acoustic? Uh, well, his father played guitar and uh, had a natural talent for it, and I think Robbie did too. He didn't ever take lessons, uh, <clears throat> but he just could pick it. He picked it up and could play it. Uh, mm-hmm. But he wouldn't sing. His dad was a singer, and but he mm-hmm. would not sing. He didn't like his voice. He mm-hmm. played acoustic guitar. I don't know of him ever playing an electric. Okay. And he was never in a band or anything. He just it was just recreational. Neat. Playing. Now that's I I know the feeling. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. So uh, the Packers, uh, guitar and carpentry, and I think that. Construction is something that he eventually got into as his job when he became an adult, right? Right. Okay. How long did he do that? First of all, did he graduate from high school? Did he uh, go to college? Anything like that? No, he didn't graduate from high school, and he didn't go to college. Okay. Um, So really there wasn't much to choose from as far as work. and. Mm -hmm. uh, he got with some good people that taught him what they knew. Okay. And he ended up loving it. Great. Well, you can, uh, I'm, you know, you can make good money in construction. Uh, of course, depending on how the the economy is, if houses are going up, or condominiums, apartments, or business buildings, then that's a good uh, job to have. Uh, of course, he was 37 when he disappeared, but. Uh, when did he start uh, that as a job as a late teenager or into his 20s? When did he start? Probably, probably early, 20s. early 20s. And uh, there in Danville, where he lived, they, had, they were restoring several old buildings, mm-hmm. big buildings, and uh, he really enjoyed that, making the old come new again. New, new again. Okay. That's interesting. I have, I have no skills in that area uh, at all, so any – any person, man or woman, that can do that gets all of my uh, respect. Okay, so he's into that. Yeah. And so he'd work for a company, or is he freelance? Uh, he both. He did uh, work for several different companies. Uh, one company uh, he worked for, the guy was the brother to one of the NASCAR drivers. I forget wow. which one it was. Huh. Uh, but he, he was there in Danville. Okay. And uh yeah, people like that would he he was just such a personable 
person. They would take him under under their wing, and and he would learn so much from them. Mm-hmm. And then he would decide he's doing real real good, and the next thing you know, he celebrated. Mm-hmm. And that you know that's what mm-hmm. happened. Okay, and we're gonna get into that, of course. Okay. Okay. All right. So he's doing construction and helping to uh, refurbishing these buildings, making them new again, which uh, is a very popular work around the United States, especially in uh, older neighborhoods. Uh, what about his relationships? Uh, of course, uh, I know that he had uh, some children, uh, one from a relationship before he was married to after he got married or before he got married, but to the woman he was married to when he disappeared. But um, what can you say about maybe the relationship that he had where – uh, a child was conceived, his first child. Okay. He uh, <clears throat> he met this girl in Roanoke, uh, Virginia, and she was from here. And mm-hmm. so they became fast friends. And uh, they were more friends than anything. But then because of the baby, they tried to make it work. It was mm-hmm. his son, Isaac, that she had. Okay, Isaac. And approximately what year uh, was Isaac born? Oh, goodness. He's 16 now, so... All right, so 2004, let's say. Okay. 2004. Mm-hmm. He was born in 2004, but uh, Robbie and this woman couldn't make it make it work. Right. Okay. And did uh, the mother uh, have custody of Isaac, and did Robbie get to see him quite a bit, or how did that oh, all work yes. out? Yes, she had custody, and she well, we can we see him now anytime we want to. She's been very good. Great, I'm glad to hear that. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, um, he was married at the time that he disappeared. Uh, how did he meet uh, his wife? And let's just maybe just use her first name. What is her first name? Emily. Emily. How did Robbie and Emily meet? I'm not sure, but he met her in Roanoke also. Um, she had moved from Danville to Roanoke to go to school, and mm-hmm. and he met her there. Okay. And approximately what year uh, did they get married? I think it was uh, 2010. All right. So. Uh, the, their first daughter had already been born, Okay. and she is 10 now. So I think that makes it about right. <laughs> yeah, it does. That's good math there, Becky. Uh, good, good <laughs> for you. Down. <laughs> okay. Um, so Isaac born 2004. Uh, things don't work out there. And then six years later, Robbie gets married to Emily, and they have a child right before that. So six years between those children. Right. Approximately. Okay. And they had uh, another child uh, after that? Yeah, she's three. She's three. Okay, so wow, she was only like a year or something old when Robbie disappeared. Yes. Okay. And she was she was a daddy's girl. They both were. Mm-hmm. If Robbie was in the room, she was in his arms. Wow. Okay. So like seven years between children, then. That's, uh-huh. that's quite a bit of time. You know, between two kids, I guess. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Well. It was back and forth with him, mm-hmm. and I don't think she trusted him, uh, and he had stayed sober for, I guess, a long enough period of time mm-hmm. that she was able to trust him, and, and they okay. had the uh, second child. Okay, so that was that, that was a factor in there. It wasn't like they were trying to conceive again all those years. It was like, well, 
you know, I want to keep the marriage going for your other child, but I don't know if I want to have another one given that Robbie had some problems. Right. Okay. Right. Well, let's just talk about that then. Um, he did have some addictions that, that like you said, he had uh, been sober for quite a while, and he might have, um, I guess, as they fallen off the wagon um, before he disappeared. We'll get into all of that. But when did you first realize maybe that Robbie was had gotten into some things he shouldn't have gotten into? How how you know twenty years ago, or or when do you think that was? Oh, that was when he was probably 16 years old. Mm -hmm. He uh, he started working in a movie theater, and I later found out that it was infested with drugs. Huh. And another thing, he he, um, hung around with his older brother. Mm -hmm. And so he had older kids around him, and Mm -hmm. they were doing stuff. That they shouldn't drinking, maybe smoking marijuana, nothing bad, bad, bad. And then Robbie was around that young because of that. And how did you find that out? Was it was there an incident like he got, like the police caught him with something, or did you find out on your own, or how would you portray it? How would you explain it? Gosh, I don't remember. Okay. Um, okay. He. He had. I know he had a car accident, mm-hmm. and um, that may have been how I, you know, found out okay. for sure. Uh, and then we arranged for him to go to treatment. Um, he went. Well, he went to a state place. Uh, the the law. I called. I did a hot mental hygiene warrant on him, and they. They put him in in a treatment center that was like two hours away, mm-hmm. and then uh, when he came back from that, he he never did straighten up from that one. And then we put him in that uh, Appalachian Teen Challenge. Okay. Have you heard of it? I have not. No. Okay, it's a religious based um, treatment. Okay. And uh, he was there for uh, eighteen months. Wow. And uh, they did a. They were doing an ex- experimental um, treatment where they put two or three guys in an apartment with one staff member in a community, and they worked. Mm-hmm. And the staff member kept up with them and stuff. And this was a program they were just implementing, and Robbie was one of the ones they they put into it because he was doing so good. So you think he did well in that atmosphere? He did very well. Okay, and what year? He, he always did well in a controlled environment. And what year do you think that was? Those eighteen months. What years were those? Do you think, off the top of your head? Uh, he was twenty, so. So like nineteen ninety-eight or something like that. 19, okay. Nineteen ninety. You do the math. Okay, I'm going to do the math this time. Somewhere in there, so late nineties. Yeah. Okay. He he went in when he was eighteen. Mm-hmm. And then when he came out, he was uh, 20, so. Okay. So would you, how bad would you say, I mean, if it was bad enough that he was going to this for 18 months, I guess you must have thought that uh, his addiction to whatever it was was pretty strong. Right. He was, uh, back then it was mostly uh, opiates. Uh, I Mm. guess prescription that people would get and sell. Yeah. Right, getting the you know maybe what they call doctor shopping. 
getting right. opiates from different doctors, getting the prescriptions, and that's very uh, – uh, I think it's even popular now, unfortunately, but uh, we know that in the early 2000s it really became a big problem. So um, uh, I, I can't say that I'm surprised to hear that that w- it, if he had an addiction, that's what it was to. Okay. So he right. got into that. I mean, did you ever experience uh, your son, Robbie, uh, high in, in one of these, you know, while he was high on this? And, and how would you say that he was? How did he act? He... Um would uh, go into to rages. Um, mm. I had a, a pen in my arm. I had broken my wrist, and he grabbed it and threatened that he was going to pull it out, he said, and mm-hmm. he threatened to turn over my aquarium. And um, and then other times he would pass out, and it would scare me. I would think he was going to die. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I would have to wake him up. And there was a time when... He did that, and I couldn't wake him up, and I called my daughter, and she came, and she raked the key across the palm of his hand and woke him up. Wow. Yeah. She's a nurse, so um, she was in nursing school at the time, so I guess maybe that's how she knew to do that. Okay. All right, so when he would be on the drugs, he would have this anger going on, but when he wasn't, uh, he wasn't like that. Right. Okay. Uh, it was like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Was it? different. Okay. And so through the 2000s, he went to this rehab, got out. I mean, how were the, of course, we know that he had his first son in 2004. How were those 10 years, like 2000 to 2010? How was it, his addiction during that time? He, um... He battled it all through through that time. He would have, I would say, the most periods of sobriety he had been was like, and then um, he got in trouble and went to jail oh in Virginia. What did he do? And um, it, he was driving and he pulled off on the side of the road and passed out, and he had. Uh, drug paraphernalia on him. Oh, uh, okay. And they found some pills in his pocket. Okay. All right. So he goes to jail for a time. He gets out. Uh, do you think that his wife, uh, Emily, was aware of all of this when they became a couple and got married? Was was he upfront with her about all of this? Uh, no. Um, when he met her, he was sober. And... I don't think he told her about the extent of it. And he also had uh, hepatitis by this time that he met Emily, the one that you get from the needle. Yeah. And uh, he didn't tell her about that until later. Okay. All right, so they get married, and eventually she does, uh, of course, find out about it. And um, But you had told me that you know, at least while he was married for a time, though, he did uh, remain sober for quite a while. Right. For mm-hmm. years. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I'd say probably a year and a half was his uh, max Okay. that he was able to stay sober. Okay. So, and during this time, you know, regarding his work, uh, you had already mentioned this, but uh, he was having problems uh, keeping jobs because of this? Yes. Wow. He, every job he had, he lost due to drugs. 
right. whether he had it for a year or whether, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's married. Uh, he has one child and has another child that his work history is off and on because of um, not being able to stay sober and going back to the addiction. Uh, when it when he was married and uh, what, you know, these years later, was it opiates again or was it, uh, was it heroin? Uh, what was it? Was it meth? When it, you know, when by, by the time um, he he was, uh, it was heroin um, by then. Okay. And uh, then later on, it, as it got harder to get, he would do the, the other stuff also, the the uh, methamphetamines and uh, crack cocaine, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Had to yeah. be, it, it had to be very hard for you, Becky. Had to be. It, oh anyway. God, you you don't know it. Well, I've I had to file bankruptcy mm-hmm. because of it for the things that you know. Like yeah. I helped him get the car, and uh, I ended up having to pay for it, and mm-hmm. just all kinds of different things. All right. Yep, there's certainly collateral damage uh, when <laughs> when. Um, you know, grown adults uh, get addictions. There's all sorts of collateral damage of other people who are trying to take care of them, and a lot of these addicts, they just keep doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, did you ever have a chance to talk to his wife, Emily, about all of this? And you had told me that sometimes, she said, told you that sometimes Robert could get so messed up that he didn't even know his name. He didn't even know who he was. Well, that what just happened uh, that one time mm-hmm. right before he went missing. And he was uh, taking a lot of the uh, methamphetamines and, and, to, and doing the crack cocaine, too. All right, so I guess he had a dealer. He'd go out and get this stuff and, and do it. And he had he had lost his driver's license, and he didn't have a driver's license for seventeen years. And oh then he, he got he finally got it back. He had just gotten his driver's license back before he disappeared. I'd say he yeah, I'd say he may have had it a year. Okay. And my husband passed away, and I was able to get his truck, and uh, I, I gave Robbie my husband's truck. That was the mm. truck that. That he went missing in. He was driving, yeah. Okay. Uh, if you can, if you can talk for her, if you feel comfortable doing this, um, you know, we should know that even though Emily was married to Robbie, she was not into drugs, correct? Right. She drank. It's the only thing. Okay. And uh, a lot of times, Robbie would think, okay, I'm fine. I, I, I've been sober for this long. I should be able to have a glass of beer or yeah. a glass of wine, you know, with my wife. Right. And it would start out that way, and it would be a very slow progression. And even she would say, oh, okay, that's fine, mm. because she didn't have the disease, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so a lot of times his relapses were caused by that. Yeah. Yep, we talk about it a lot. People think, uh, you know, they they we do talk about drugs a lot on this program, and we have a lot of addicts who go missing, and we have a lot of recovered addicts who have gone missing. I mean, it, both um, both categories, 
And there is the idea that some of them think because they've been sober for a long time, they can go back to their old ways and it won't be an addictive, but it exactly is uh, for sure. Right. For sure. Okay, so uh, this is going on. He's trying to get sober. And um, how long do you think he had been, uh, unfortunately, gone back to doing drugs before he disappeared in December 2018? How long had he been gone back on them? maybe a month or uh, gotten really bad the last two weeks because I saw him um, two weeks before Mm -hmm. he disappeared. Okay. So you're saying that uh, sometime he was sober for at least the majority of 2018 and then we get to roughly November and then for some reason he just decided he was going to start doing it again. Yes. Okay. Do you think that his wife knew? Uh, that once again, your impression. Do you think that she knew that he had started doing this again? Yes, she did. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about uh, these days and weeks before. Like you said, he had unfortunately gone back to his addiction. Uh, you said you saw him a couple weeks before he disappeared. When was the last time that you actually uh, talked to him? Um, and what was that conversation? How was you know what was the conversation about? If you can say. How did he seem to be doing? Okay, it was um, uh, like two weeks before uh, December the 9th, and um, I should have looked it up to see the exact date, but um, we would celebrate our Thanksgivings on the weekend because that's when everybody could get together, and that's the time we picked to celebrate our Thanksgiving. So we were at my daughter's house in um, Tennessee, and uh, mostly what we talked about was uh, our beach trip. We always celebrated New Year's together. Mm-hmm. And when it started out, we went to my, we met at my daughter's. My daughter's was two hours from him, and then it was two hours from me and Jamie, his oldest brother. So we would meet there, and then we decided, well, Let's go to go somewhere and celebrate it. And we looked into all different places, and we decided on the beach. So we had been uh, two years in a row, mm-hmm. and it was coming up on the, the third year, and I had reservations, and the room was paid for. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, some people were saying, oh, I don't want to go. And I was like, well, maybe I should cancel the reservations. And Robbie was like, no, Mom, you can't do that. You can't do that. We need to go. We need to, to be there. Just just hold tight. Everybody will decide to go. So mm-hmm. when you that ha- was mainly what our conversation was about that time. When you were talking to him, did you already realize that he had uh, gone back to doing drugs? Did you know that at that time? No. No. Okay. No. All right, so when you got... He, was, he had been to a clinic and gotten on Suboxone. Mm. And I knew he was taking that, so mm. I thought he was safe because I I know a lot of people that take that and they're good. Mm. Um, but okay. I don't see how he could have been taking it like he was supposed to, and then do what happened, you know? Yeah. Okay. I understand. So this trip, just to give you, uh, everybody an idea, so was it going to be Robbie, his wife Emily, and? And their their kid their children and other people. Right. It right. was going to be Robbie, Emily, Ab- Abigail, 
Riley and Isaac. Isaac always went. Okay. And then my daughter and um, her uh, stepdaughter and uh, her husband, mm-hmm. and then her youngest daughter, which she's, she would have been four at the time. Wow. And then Robbie's daughters were close in mm-hmm. age with her. Yeah. And then my me and my oldest son, and his daughter, who was close in age with my daughter and Robbie, they they were all wow. close. That's like twelve people or something like that. Oh yeah, right. and then normally my two older grandsons would go, but they weren't going to go that that year. We had a four bedroom condo, and it was the same oh, one we had gotten the year before because we really liked hmm. it so much. Wow, sounds like a great time. Yeah, uh, it was. It was wonderful. Okay. So uh, all of this big family get together. Not too many families get to go on trips like that, but it sounds like a great time. And and the, in talking to Robbie, um, he was excited about going. And just to be clear, how many days roughly was this before he disappeared? Like fourteen. Like two weeks before. Right. So you didn't. So you didn't talk to him for like two weeks. Right. Was that? And that was not unusual. Okay. He wasn't the type to to call every day, or mm-hmm. you know. Did you talk to his wife during that time? No. All right. Emily, Emily and I weren't really close. Uh, it it wasn't anything. There wasn't any dislike or anything. We just weren't. Mm-hmm. We were uncomfortable around each other. Maybe. Okay. Uh, she had she they were in Danville and she had her family that helped and maybe there was some resentment because I didn't help as much like with the children yeah like and I, I don't know but her and my daughter were very close like sisters okay. right. so any information I get from Emily usually comes through my daughter all right well it's interesting you bring that up because let's now move up to that time. And what we're going to do, uh, just so the listeners understand, uh, we're going to explain this the way Becky found out all of this. We're not going to do in like a timeline as if this happened in history going from one day to the next. We're going to go and we're going to, I'm going to ask Becky about all of this according to how she found out everything. And so we'll kind of go forward and then back again. Um, so you don't hear from Robbie for two weeks. You're getting ready for this uh, family trip. And everything, and just out of nowhere, on the 13th, uh, that's what I have here, of course, if it's wrong, you can correct it. Um, out of nowhere, you hadn't heard from Robbie, hadn't heard from Emily, but thought everything was fine. You get a call from your daughter, and what does she say? Okay, actually, it was a text. Okay. And she said, and I, it, all it said was, have you heard from Robbie? Okay. And my... My just, my whole world just come to a stop because I knew. Mm-hmm. I just knew. Um, and she, she didn't really want to tell me because she wasn't sure of anything. Mm-hmm. So after you got that text, and was it, if you can remember, you I, I think in our prior conversation you said it was the 13th. I mean, that's what I have written it down. It was. It was uh, December 13th. Okay, so yes, because it was my grandson's birthday. Okay, and when you got that text, did you then call your daughter back to find out, you know, what was going on and everything, or or what what went on from there? Once you said to her, "No, I haven't heard from him," what happened from there? Well, eventually, you know, we did talk, but we texted back and forth a little bit to start with, and then um, I talked to her, and and she told me that. Uh, 
Emily hadn't heard from him, um, mm-hmm. and that they had uh, found his truck in a ditch. And okay, did she uh, once again in my notes? And I don't mind maybe um, um, you know just going from my notes, just maybe to spark your memory a little bit. Uh, so the way I understand this then is. Uh, what you found out was that Emily had kicked Robbie out of the house? Right. That was the t- the time that uh, he didn't recognize who mm. she was. He, okay. he acted as though he were at somebody's house getting ready to do some work. And he thought Emily was... He didn't even know he was at his oh, house. Oh, my. And he thought Emily was oh the person he was there to work for. The client. The homeowner. Right. Right. And oh, but he was at his house. Oh my gosh! And then it was uh, maybe not right then, but mm-hmm. like within a day uh, that she told him it's over. I, I can't do it anymore. I've done it for years and years and years, and and I just can't do it anymore. Leave. Mm-hmm. And so she asked him to leave. Uh, she just said, uh, Robbie, I think you're going to have to get out of here. Right. Okay. Uh, just to be clear, uh, was because uh, I have to ask this: Was there any violence? Did the police have to show up? Because we know that often happens when things like this happen. But she, Robbie did just leave. There wasn't any fist thrown or anything like that, to your knowledge. Right. Uh, like... This time, no. There had been before, okay. and I'm not sure when. Um, I think maybe she had called the police on him twice. Okay. So she had reason to, to want him to leave. She knew what it could go to. Yeah. So she's saying that he left, and we're not saying, uh, and everybody should know there's no suspicion that his wife has anything to do with his disappearance. I just want everybody to know this. Uh, before, None before, whatsoever. Before the listeners start uh, you know, getting suspicious of all of this. But she kicked him out of the house, or he left you know, willingly on December 9th. Yes, and it was Sunday morning. Okay. So he leaves on Sunday morning. He he leaves uh, driving his truck. And so then she tries to, when she Emily, the wife, doesn't hear from him, she tries to contact him, can't reach him. A few days later, she uh, talks to your daughter, and then your daughter talks to you. And, you know, this all starts going that nobody's heard from Robbie uh, what do you do after the thirteenth? How quick is it that you know the police get involved? What do you do? What do you do at that point that you know nobody that you know has heard from Robbie in a, a few days? What do you do? Well, we um, encourage Emily to uh, go to the police, which she had already done, and the, but uh, I think maybe she went to the Danville police. And they told her she could not file a missing persons report on him. And then once she talked to my daughter and me, you know, we encouraged mm-hmm. her to go again. And she found out she needed to go to the county sheriff's department or something. Okay. And finally, it was on the 14th that they filed a missing person report and did the first search around where his truck was found with dogs. Okay, we'll get into how the truck was found in here in a moment. Okay. Uh, I just want to ask you right at this point, being that there seems you, at least at least for a day or something that they didn't want to take a missing persons report. Do you think a factor in that was because 
maybe the police knew Robbie, you know, because of his drug activity, or they knew that he was in jail. Was that a factor in this, or was it not, in your opinion? I don't think he was ever uh, in trouble in, with the law in Danville, ever. Okay. So uh, I think maybe Emily might have mentioned he was on drugs or something when mm-hmm. she went to file the report. Mm-hmm. But I do think that's a factor in why they didn't want to file the report. Yeah. Because he was on drugs. Okay. When you uh, talked to your daughter and eventually maybe when you talked to Emily as well, being that she was uh, the per- last person we trust who saw him, uh, did she have an opinion on where he could have gone, being that she was kicking him out? Did he ever say any- Did he say anything, oh, I'm going to go over to this guy's house or anything like that? Did she know where he was going to go at all? No, she didn't. She had no idea whatsoever. No, and and see, it was almost like he had he lived two lives, you know. Mm-hmm. He had Emily and the family and their friends, and then he had his let's call them underworld friends. Um, mm-hmm. And Emily didn't know any of them, right? So um, okay. she knew about them. She knew mm-hmm. he had them, but she didn't associate with them. Okay, so. I guess what you're saying, Becky, is that uh, when Robbie was getting his drugs, he was going out of the house. It wasn't like anybody was showing up at the house. Right. No, he left to do it. He left to do it. At least he cared that much about his daughters. You know, he didn't want it there. Okay. All right. So the police get the report on the 14th. And uh, you already mentioned um, Robbie's truck that was eventually found, but... I think I want to do uh, the the rest of this case uh, in this fashion. Uh, so the police start, uh, they take the report, they get Emily's story on what happened. How does this guy, Bob, we'll just use his first name, how does he uh, enter this uh, disappearance? Okay, Bob is the one that called Emily and told her that Robbie's truck was in a ditch on what road it was on. And so the Emily called the police, and they met her at the truck. So, Bob, he knew, uh, he knew Robbie? Yes. Okay. And He went to the same Suboxone clinic that Robbie went to. Okay, so that's how they knew each other. Any idea, yes. any idea how long they'd known each other? I would say at least six months. Okay, so sometime in 2018. All right, so Bob, uh, where does uh, we just need to be clear maybe about a few things. Emily and Robbie lived in what town or city? Ringgold, Virginia. Okay, and where did Bob live? I don't. He lived right across the border in uh, North Carolina. I'm not sure of the town's name. Okay. All right, so they lived in Ringgold. And but I just have to ask how I I know that the town of Chatham, Virginia, is a name that pops up uh, quite prominently in Robbie's disappearance. Why is that town uh, mentioned? You know, honestly, I don't know. Okay, I'm I'm not real familiar with the area. Um, Okay, fine. and, And it's frustrating because if I knew if it was here, I would be out looking. You know. Mm hmm. Yeah, but but it, it's I not. It's three and a half hours away. Right, you do not live in Virginia. We don't have to get into where you live, but you do not live in that area. Right. Okay. 
So Bob, so your understanding is this Bob guy, he voluntarily called the police to say that that Robbie's truck was right near his house? No, he called Emily. He called Emily and told her. Yes. Just out right. of the just out of the blue. Out of the blue. Okay. And so uh being that he does oh, that Oh no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. He went to their house and left a note on the door with his phone number. All right, so and she called him mm-hmm. and he told her about the truck. Wow. Okay. In the meantime, there's there's a big snowstorm and mm. there's like 18 inches of snow in Danville. And so he drove through a snowstorm to go leave a message on Emily's uh, door. Well, this was the snowstorm happened the day Robbie went missing on the night. He did. Okay. And he didn't go to Emily's until the 13th. Okay. So he didn't call her. Maybe he didn't have her number, but this note ends up on her door. Right around the same time that she's starting to realize that Robbie's missing, and he says his name is Bob, and that Robbie's truck is a mile down the road uh, from what I said, read on Goodyear Boulevard uh, down the road from where he lived. Right. They're within a mile of where mm-hmm. Bob lives. Okay. And so do the police go and talk to Bob? Yes. And what story does he tell them? He told them that um, Robbie was at his house, and I don't know if he told him. He told Emily that Robbie mm-hmm. was at his house, and he did. He injected heroin and overdosed. And be, because they went to the Suboxone clinic, they had to ha- carry Narcan on them. And that he gave Robbie Narcan and brought him out of the overdose. Wow. And he woke up in a rage because he is uh, having severe withdrawal. Mm-hmm. And he just, like in a rage, gets in his truck and leaves. That was the story that Bob told Emily, and we take for granted that he told the police the same thing. That right. Robbie overdosed, Bob brought him back to life, Robbie's... Uh, mad or angry like you said he could get when you saw him on drugs and right. he took off in his truck and Bob says he never saw him again. Right. All right, and the truck then was found a mile from Bob's house. Right. Okay. All right, uh I'm sure uh you know when I think of something like this I think of the movie Pulp Fiction uh when uh uh Uma Thurman overdoses, and they bring her back to life. Uh, John Travolta brings her back to life by putting a needle under uh, her chest. That's what I think Uh of. I have no experience with this at all, but to maybe the listeners, if they're wondering, you know, what that is, uh, that's what I think of. I don't think it's exactly like that. I think that's a Hollywood. Right. See, for for the longest time, I thought, well, Bob had to have injected him with a needle, but it's Mm -hmm. not. It's a nasal spray. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And I and I've also been told since then that it doesn't just automatically bring you back that mm-hmm. that it'll wake you up and then you fall back into the overdose and and it has to be administered again and sometimes as much as uh 4 to 6 times. Wow. It okay. has to be readministered. Okay. So Bob's telling the story of how he brought uh Robbie back to life then Robbie took off However, uh, Bob did note that Robbie left 
his wallet at Bob's. Right. And his, yeah, just his wallet. And he left some clothes there because when he got to Bob's, he had already been in a ditch somewhere and got out of the ditch and his clothes were wet. So Bob mm-hmm. gave him some dry clothes. See, we didn't know what Robbie was wearing for a long time because of that. Okay. All right, and uh, the other interesting part of this, at least what you told me, Becky, in our prior conversations, that Bob didn't live alone. He lived with his parents. Right, and, but they're very elderly. Mm-hmm. And to your knowledge, did the parents, did the, the police talk to the parents about to back up Bob's story? Do you know anything about that? As far as I know, they did not. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I do know that they went to Bob's house initially and interviewed him, mm-hmm. and then Emily kept putting pressure on him, so they did did something, a wellness check, and was able to take Bob into the station, the wellness check on his parents, mm-hmm. and they re-interviewed him and didn't have any anything to charge him with, so, you know, they let him go. Okay. We'll come back to Bob a little bit later. All right, so he, uh, I guess Bob told the truth because he left this note, and what do you know? Uh, Robbie's truck was found a mile down the road from Bob's. And, um, you know, can you, you – you already talked about this snowstorm. Do you know why it took three days for somebody to run across uh, Robbie's truck you know, sitting on the side of the road, especially if Bob lived right down the street. It took a few days, didn't it? Yes. I would say maybe they were snowed in until, you know, then. Okay. Could be. Yeah. Uh, all right. And Now, I do know somebody please. contacted us. on. Finally, I did a story on and put it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I got, you know, a lot of responses. And, and one guy said that he had seen Robbie's truck on Monday morning when he went to work, mm-hmm. or mon- Monday or Tuesday. I, I, I don't remember for mm-hmm. sure. And we have to remember, as you've already explained, that uh, Emily kicked him out on a Sunday morning. Yes. All right, so maybe that makes sense. He leaves there. He goes to Bob. This all happens. He takes off. He decides to pull over to the side of the road for some reason, and the truck's left there, and then somebody sees it on the next day, Monday. No, it was in the ditch. It couldn't. It, it the, had to be towed out. All right, in the ditch. Somebody sees it in the ditch the next day on Monday when somebody's going mm-hmm. to do it. Yes, all yes. Right. All right, so that maybe makes sense. Okay, any forensics done on the truck? Uh, to your knowledge, I know you weren't there. Uh, anything in the truck that seemed unusual, once again, to your knowledge? Did the police ever tell you anything, anything like that? No, the police wouldn't talk to me. Because I I didn't have the same last name as him, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know, because I was not his wife. Mm -hmm. It was very frustrating. Well, if if they talked to her, um, has she ever told you anything? There was a reason why they couldn't do fingerprints, but I don't remember what it was. So as far as you can understand, once again, this disappearance isn't quite two years old yet. But to your knowledge, there was no forensics done on the truck at all. Right. Okay. Uh, do you know what was left in the truck, uh, what Robbie's items were in the truck at all? 
Everything he he owned, um, like all of his tools and stuff, were still in the truck, in the back of the mm-hmm. truck, and he had a lot of nice tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, and normally, he would pawn them. You know, he would get so desperate, he would pawn mm-hmm. all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, but it was all just left there. Oh, uh, I have to ask, were there any drugs in the truck? No. Okay. He left his wallet at Bob's. Um, was his, and we'll get to the phone here in a moment, uh, phone found in the truck? No. Robbie's phone not in the truck. No. So he's missing, his phone's missing. Uh, anything else of his possessions would you say that are missing? His car keys. The car the keys. The truck keys weren't in the truck either. Okay. No. Was the truck damaged? I know they had to pull it out of the ditch. Was it damaged? Anything wrong uh, with it? It was not damaged beyond control. I mean, beyond uh, somebody being able to drive it because a neighbor uh, purchased it from her. So they gave it back to Emily. Uh huh. Yeah, she had it towed to the house. So she got it back fairly quickly. Yes. Like within that 24 same day. hours. The same day that it was found in the ditch, they brought it back to Emily's. We hear this. Yeah. This is something. If I may, just say this for a moment. This is something that I'm never going to understand the disappearances at all. I know that drives the listeners nuts. It drives me nuts that it that uh, law enforcement is so quick to re- want to return these vehicles to people. I just don't get it. I just don't. I know. And I and granted, we you know we have our suspicions about Robbie's disappearance, and I'm sure the listeners will. But there are certainly disappearances where it's even been more obvious. That somebody just didn't walk away, and still the police just returned trucks and and cars, you know, as if they were just stolen or something, and, and it just boggles my mind. Okay, so she gets it back, and then she eventually sells it. Yes. Okay. Well, she she told me the neighbor wanted to buy it. I just mm. assumed that that he did. Okay. All right, and does does that neighbor still have the truck? I don't know. She doesn't live there anymore. Okay. It, it, she was afraid. Um, Emily was? She, yeah, she was afraid to stay there. Uh, one day she came home, and Bob was there in the driveway. And he was at Robbie's truck, and he was leaning on it. And he was, like, talking out, out of his head and just... Be like, I'm so sorry, Emily. I hate you're going through this, and you know, wanting to know what was going on, and it it really scared her. So she moved in with her parents mm-hmm. until had, she could find a place. You hadn't told me about that before, Becky. That Bob actually showed up in Emily's house sometime after Robbie disappeared. Sorry. That's all right. It no, no, I'm not, no, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not asking you to apologize. I will certainly okay. want to talk about this. No, I'm, no, you don't have to apologize. Okay, you don't have okay. to apologize, but I'm just saying that I want to talk about this now. Um, okay. How long after Robbie disappeared did this happen, to your knowledge? It was uh, within a week. It was pretty, pretty fresh. Oh. So, uh, to your, it's interesting to me. Uh, he went over there to put a message on Emily's, on their house, that the truck was there. How did Bob even know where Robbie lived? Had he been there before? Do you even know? 
I don't even, I don't know. Um, my assumption was that they went to the clinic together and maybe Robbie mm-hmm. had to stop by the house and get something or. Okay. And, and Bob was with him. That's certainly possible. Okay. And so he just kind of pops in a week later. Here she is, uh, you know, worried out of her mind about Robbie, and, and Bob shows up. Right. Wait, waiting. Right. And, and he's asking questions. Would you say it once again? You weren't there, but uh, your understanding is that he was asking questions about the investigation into Robbie's disappearance? Right. Okay. And then I think that that's the time that he told her about the altercation Robbie had with uh, these supposed Mexican drug people. We'll get into that. Okay, we'll okay. we'll, we'll okay. go back to Bob. But yeah, I, you had never told me about this, so I wanted to make sure we put this in the timeline somewhere. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and so that freaked Emily out, and she says, I'm getting the heck out of here. Right. I can understand why. Okay. All right, now we uh, did establish that the phone that he had uh, is also missing to this day. Um, But you, or I think it was Emily, Robbie's wife, that actually got the phone records. You have them. You've um, sent them to me, and I've looked at them, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But um, any phone calls, once again, the way you looked at the records, any phone calls that Robbie made to anybody – after Emily kicked him out of the house? Uh, yes, there were several phone calls up until at 5.30, I think, was was the last phone call. 5.30 in the afternoon of that Sunday? Yes, I think. Right. I don't have them in front of that, me. That's fine. Um, so after he got kicked out, he was talking to people, communicating with people? Yes. Okay. All right. So, and the listeners should know that I've, um, and we're not going to name the names, but you sent them to me. I have the ability to check people's phone numbers and find out who owns those numbers, at least currently. Of course, of course, we know that uh, you go back 10 years, somebody could have the phone number that somebody has now. But I got some of those numbers. You didn't have names to put with those numbers. First of all, if you tried to contact any of those people, uh, or have you had anybody else try to contact any of the people that, whose names I got for you? Uh, yes, Emily uh, did did call, okay. uh, and she had had already talked to one of them. I'm not sure which one, but okay. um, it was it supposedly was somebody that it was that girl that it, he was on Facebook with and stuff. Uh, and she had even got in contact with Emily over Facebook and asked about Robbie. Okay. If anybody ever found him or whatever. And then the other phone numbers were uh, where people had gotten the phone number because it wasn't in use anymore. All right. So what you're saying is between him disappearing in late 2018 and let's say when I got these names and numbers for you maybe a month ago. Uh, we're doing this interview on September 4th, 2020, maybe a month ago. Um, those numbers went to other people. Right. Okay. But one of those people on the list that we put the name with the number did admit to knowing Robbie. Now, say that again. Uh, the one, the, the one woman, though, on the list there, you called her, Emily called her, and she did admit to knowing Robbie. Yes. And she, and um, she, and she knew he was missing. Yes. Okay. 
Uh, did Emily or you ever heard of uh, – once again, we're not using her name. Uh, had you or Emily ever heard of her before? Before you gave me the name? Yes, yeah. Yes, uh, yes, okay. from, from right after he, you know, went missing. Okay. Uh, and it was through Facebook that she contacted Emily and, and asked about Robbie. Okay. And off my head, off the top of my head, I think there were three or four numbers that were a question mark. So what you're saying is one of the people knew Robbie and the rest of those numbers, the people were saying that they got the number after Robbie disappeared. Right. Okay, so there's that. I think, uh, I'll just say this publicly, I think that we also have to remember that these people could be lying. <laughs> we don't know. Yes. Unfortunately, we don't know. I don't have the ability to see when number went from one person to another. But I have to, we have to keep that open as a possibility. It's just right. the way it is. Okay. So we have these phone records, and the last call was on 5.30 in the afternoon uh, on that Sunday, and nothing after that. Right. Okay. Now, there was a ping. Uh, they did ping the phone, and what was – where did the phone last ping? It pinged in uh, Ruffin, North Carolina. And that's not where the, where Bob lives, though, right? Right, okay. and the 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 town has a bad name for uh, drugs. Okay. And thugs. Okay. Uh, that's not <laughs> that's not where Emily though, and they lived in Virginia, correct? They didn't live in right. North, okay. Did you know uh, or Emily in the past year and eight nine months uh, had she or had she ever been to Ruffin? Had she known? Robbie ever to go to Ruffin, North Carolina? No. Okay. Now, what's interesting, though, is this woman that you called who admitted knowing Robbie, she lives in Ruffin. Right? She does. does I don't does? know. You don't know? Okay. Cause, mm -mm. All right, because uh, I should establish that at least one of those numbers that I was able to track down and see who what name was attached to the number – that person lived in Ruffin. One of okay. those one of those last calls that he made or was made to him, and I don't have the records in front of me either, was made to or is from somebody who lives in Ruffin, North Carolina. So um, I'm, I have to double-check and see if that's actually the woman who says she knew Robbie or not, but I thought that that's something that it really stuck out to me. But right. either way, Robbie, to your knowledge, to Emily's knowledge, didn't know anybody there. Right. Okay. And did and once again to establish, Bob didn't live in Ruffin either. No. Okay. Do you know when this ping happened? Did the police or Emily tell you when um, this his phone pig did ping there? Um. No, it was. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I, it, it was. Mm -hmm. I don't know. No, nobody ever okay. told me, I don't guess. Okay, because, you know, the way you're explaining it to me and to the audience, who's, uh, we're recording this, but they're not listening to this, is that there's nothing in this timeline that you've said so far where Robbie would have had time to go to Ruffin. It sounds to me like he went directly from uh, his own house when he got kicked out. He went to Bob's, and then he drove him out down the road, and that was that. Right. And what did he do? Walk 
to roughen, which I don't think was conceivable, especially since there was a snowstorm. So, right. not, so there's something going on there with his phone pinging in a different place from where he was last seen uh, many miles. And listeners should know I will do a map and video on YouTube for this so that this can all be ex explained. Um, all right, so we have this phone information um, that's, I wouldn't say extensive, but I think it, it certainly paints a little bit more of the picture. All right, we, but we don't know why uh, his phone would have pinged in Ruffin when it doesn't seem like Robbie was ever near there. Were dogs used uh, to do any searches when the truck was found up and down the road, into the woods, if there are any woods, anything like that? What did they do? Yes, it, they did. They got, brought dogs that day and searched, and then uh, a couple of days later, at Emily's insistence, uh, and we were asking for horses. They've got this new horse thing where horses go out, but you, the police mm -hmm. have to request it. They didn't want to do that, so they took the dogs back out. And they were supposed to do a uh, flyover with a what's that little thing that flies and takes pictures? A drone, drone. Yeah, they were supposed to do the drone and uh, the drone malfunctioned that day. And to my knowledge, they never went back with the drone. Okay. Have you been to the area where the truck was in the ditch, Becky? No. You have not. Okay. Um, has anybody explained to you, um, like, the terrain? Are there a lot of woods there? Is it fairly yes. wide open or, or what? Yes. Um uh, uh, Isaac's mother, Mindy, uh, went on Google Maps and mm. found the place, and it showed pictures of the terrain and, like, the houses and buildings uh, mm. around it. And she thought maybe he had went into some building, one of the buildings there, and, and gotten locked in and couldn't get out. Uh, mm -hmm. But she was just going from a Google Map picture. I don't mm -hmm. think anything was... They weren't searched or anything. Okay, I'm I'm just asking where his truck was found in the ditch. Uh, is it like in a residential area or is it like on a country road where like the It's an interstate, but it's mostly country. You know, there's mm -hmm. woods, a lot of woods around, and not houses sporadically. Okay. And then down at the end of the road, maybe uh, 500 feet was a uh, convenience store. And the dogs, I think, tracked him to there, to the okay. convenience store. But nobody in the convenience store saw him, and their cameras were not working. It's amazing how many times that happens. Okay, so the dogs did some, pick up some type of scent, allegedly, but we have to remember there was a snowstorm between right. the truck being left there and when the dogs were used, and the listeners already know how I feel about dogs, but... Uh, they allegedly followed his scent down to this convenience store, but this does sound like an area that if it was Robbie and he did leave his truck, he could have run off into the woods and nobody could have seen him. Right. It's possible. Right. Okay. I just, I worried myself sick that, that he froze to death or, you know, it, it mm. just, him being out in the woods and. Yeah. Right. I can understand that, Becky. I can't. I can't blame you for that. Yeah. I'm sure you continue to think about that to this day. I, 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 I do. I, I got it. I understand. All right. So um, we have Robbie going over there. Bob says then he stormed off. 
truck's a mile down the road, a snowstorm happens, uh, Bob's the one that lets Emily know that the truck is a mile down the, down the road, there he goes over and leaves a message, um, dogs are brought in, uh, sounds like a little bit of a search was done, but probably not big enough for that type of terrain, at least the way you're explaining to me. And, right. And uh, once again, is this happening in he, Virginia or North Carolina? Virginia. Okay. So it's the, but the North Carolina is not far away. Mm-hmm. It's like right on the border. All right, but Bob lived in North Carolina. Right. It does seem that there are a lot of jurisdictions here at play. Uh, you've already stated how Emily uh, went to file with the local police, and they said you had to, she had to go to the sheriff's office. And then we have uh, seemingly Robbie going into North Carolina and then his truck being found back in Virginia. But I just want to make sure everybody understands these locations. Is that uh, he and his wife, Emily, lived in Ringgold, Virginia, correct? Yes. Okay. And so she kicks him out of Ringgold, and then he goes down to Bob's place, which is, although we are unsure right at this time where – Bob lived, it's just, it was just barely over the border into North Carolina. Yes. Okay. And then when uh, Robbie's truck was found, it was found on Goodyear Boulevard uh, just back into Virginia in uh, Pennsylvania, not Pennsylvania, but Pennsylvania County. Yes. Okay. And w- And so I'm also looking at this Right, right now, that uh, the jurisdiction that is responsible for his disappearance is Pennsylvania County Sheriff's Office. Yes. Okay. All right. That that clears that all up. Very good. Okay. So um, let's talk about Bob a, a little bit more. Um, did, has he ever stated, to your knowledge, being that he went over to? Talked to Emily a week after this all happened. Did he ever state where he thought Robbie was going when Robbie left his house? To get more drugs. And where would that have been? To, uh, I don't know. To meet somebody, mm-hmm. I, I would say. Okay. Now, you'd already brought this up, but I'm gonna, I'll bring it up again for you. Now, Bob does have his own theory. And it had to do with a cartel. How did this even pop up? Where did it come from? Please um, explain. Okay, Robbie had an altercation with some drug dealers. They took him off uh, for $60. And Robbie called him out in public and uh, demanded his money back. And they refused, but it was a very public place. And he jumped up on the hood of their car and was screaming at them. And just to shut him up, they gave him $40 of the $60. So they were mad at him and out to get him. All right. Is there any facts to this, or is this just a a story that Bob is telling everybody? As far as I know, it's a story that Bob's telling everybody. Okay. So – there's no facts regarding this. There aren't any videos of this. Uh, to your knowledge, Robbie never told anybody else about this. Uh, he never told Emily about this. The police have no records about this, anything like that. This is just the story that Bob's putting out there. Right. 
And is Bob then saying this is something Robbie told him, or is Bob admitting that he was there when it happened? I don't think he was there. He Robbie just told him about it. Okay. And it happened like just days before. And where does Bob? You know, I don't know what to think of this, but um, where does Bob claim that this happened? In it was in the town. I mean, it was like there were stores and stuff around. It was and it was a populated place. So you don't know if this happened in Ringgold, you don't know if this happened in Danville, you don't know if this happened down where Bob lived. I'm not blaming you, you just don't know. I just don't know. All right, so Bob, uh, either he left out of the story or kind of got lost in translation, Uh, but this is his story that, I guess what he's saying is after Robbie left his house, somebody ran into this Mexican cartel and that's what happened. Right, I would say he... I would, my opinion is that he called them to get drugs. He was desperate. Told them where he mm-hmm. was to come meet him. Mm-hmm. And they and they got him. Okay. Well, we don't like to do any theorizing on, on the right. program, but <laughs> all I'm trying to establish is this is the story it's that facts. Bob's telling, but right. he has no, he's never offered up any proof that that happened. That's just something allegedly that Robbie told him. Right. Has anybody else, being that Robbie had other friends and probably other friends that uh, did drugs with him, probably this woman who admitted knowing that he was missing, probably she was probably uh, doing drugs and knew him. That's probably how they knew each other. Has anybody else besides Bob ever aired this story in the last almost two years? No. Okay. Okay. Um uh, I think the listeners can tell that I have huge doubts about that story. Uh, and we also have to remember Bob went over to Emily's and was acting kooky enough that Emily uh, wanted to, uh, you know, took off, you know, took her children, right. t- took in her and Robbie's children and moved out. So Bob must might just be prone to, you know, he's he's probably doing drugs too, so I don't know if we can take his word or not. Okay, um, so... We have uh, Bob. We have him living with his parents, and his parents, we just don't know. Here, here it sounds like he's saving Robbie's life while his parents are in the, under the same roof uh, right there on a Sunday afternoon, um, which sounds really weird. But And then he's saying that Robbie took off. Trucks found him out down the road. Just happens to be back in Virginia. Bob goes over to Emily's. And it's very possible that Robbie did run off, sound like he was enraged or having some sort of episode when he left Bob's. And it very well may be that he could still be out there. I'm just not sure. Um, What's this been like for you, uh, Becky? Um, It seems that uh, my perception is that you knew about Robbie's uh, drug use for a long time. Uh, I'm guessing that, of course, you worried about this for a very long time. I don't know if you ever could have predict, predicted that that maybe that could be connected to him eventually going missing. But, um, you know, what's what's this been like for you the last year and nine months? It's been horrible. Um, I, I lost my husband um, in, in 2016, and, you know... I would tell Robbie, don't, don't do this. I can't. I won't survive. 
if something mm-hmm. happens to you. And, you know, I, I've literally begged him, mm-hmm. you know, to stay, to think of your children. I mean, I had the conversation with him. And it's just, it's been so hard. Mm-hmm. What, how has, you said that uh, your one, your your daughter is a nurse. How has it affected her? How has it affected your other son? Well, my daughter had uh, severe depression, and she so she decided to talk to a counselor, and they diagnosed her with that uh, post-traumatic stress disorder mm-hmm. because of uh, Robbie missing. Mm-hmm. And um, it worries my son uh, to death. Mm-hmm. Um. What do they think? Once again, we don't do theories on here, but uh, have they ever offered up their own opinions on what happened to Robbie? Well, you always want to hope that he's out there somewhere. Yeah. Um, I think my son deals with it by thinking that he ran off and is living a wonderful life somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my daughter, she just don't know. She tries to talk about it, and she just starts crying and can't talk about it. Yeah. Have the police, so, uh, once again, we don't get into theories, but I will take their word on this. Have the police uh, ever offered up any theories to you or to uh, Emily regarding Robbie's disappearance? Have they ever told you, just for an example, we believe that Bob did something did something to Robbie? Have they ever stated something explicit, or have they just never said anything? No, they told Emily that they didn't did not think Bob had anything to do with it. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Okay. And then they've not offered any theories as to mm-hmm. what they thought might have happened. Okay. And what you're also saying during this uh interview is that they had some search plans that they didn't fall through on. Right. They were going to do this drone, and that didn't work out. They had the dogs there, but that seems like about it was about it. Did they ever get a large group of uh, searchers together, cadets or somebody like that, to go walking around the area where the truck was found? No. No. Okay. So this is another situation. We've we've had a couple disappearances like this recently where um, people have gone missing. And you know it's been a few years, and still there's not been what we might, what I would call, what my assistants would call, and uh, probably listeners would call a, a an adequate search, where you get a you know a large group of people together to at least rule out the idea that Robbie, you know's remains. I'm, I'm not trying to be morbid, but that, that to rule out the idea that his remains are in the immediate area, you know, because once you could do that, then you we have to start thinking about maybe foul play or something. But right. it just doesn't seem like that's been done yet, and probably um, it needs to be done, even though I know that's not easy to do. Okay. Um, do you have a uh, a website or a Facebook page set up for uh, Robbie's disappearance? Help find Robert Hurt? Yeah. Okay. All right, so... Uh, the Facebook page, uh, are you an, a manager on there, an administrator on there? I think I am, but I've never 
done anything. I don't know how. Okay. Uh, the have you heard, ever heard of the Aware Foundation? Sure, sure. They're, they're, he's the one that uh, set it up for me. Okay, great, great. And it is called Help Find Robert Hurt. Yes. Okay. And I will surely link to that before this episode comes out. I'll also be doing a video and a map so people can understand um, some of these locations and you know going back and forth between North Carolina and uh, Virginia. Do you happen to know, may I ask this before we complete this interview, uh, any idea what uh, Bob has done with his life since this all happened? Any ideas? No. Anybody no. keep any tabs on him? Anything? Uh, when the Aware Foundation did a, um, they set up at a grocery store and the media came and did interviews with the family, uh, my ex-husband and Emily's father on that day, and this was a couple of months after his disappearance, it was still cold, so uh, they went to see Bob, and uh, mm -hmm. okay. Bob convinced them that he he wasn't involved. Well, that's something, although we just have to understand that, uh, no offense to uh, these men, but they're not expert, you know, interrogators, and right. of course they don't have any experience with missing persons case. I appreciate it. I think that's proactive and everything, but we just have to remember that. Um, right. Okay, so he went down and Bob convinced them, at least, that he had nothing to do with Robbie's disappearance. Right. Okay. Well, listeners can take... Uh, that uh, for what it's worth, that Bob even offered to talk to them. I guess is something. I guess that's a step in the, po in the right direction instead of him just blowing them off. Right. Okay. Um. Any last words, Becky, before we complete this interview? No. Okay. Well, as I told you, as or as I've told many guests, uh, this is just the beginning of us knowing each other, Becky. That. Um, until Robbie is found, whether he's deceased or alive, uh, I want to keep working with you on this. You can email me or call me anytime. I'll, of course, as a reporter, move on to other disappearances, but I want you to know that myself and my assistants, anything that we can do for you, uh, we'll do that. Need any advice? You know, of course, there's a lot of, um, kooks out there. There are a lot of, uh, people who are trying to take your money with scams and things like that. You come to us. Okay. Any okay. of those people you think you get any funny feelings, people calling you, emailing you, um, you let us know. You let me know. Okay. You let my assistant Emily know and we'll talk to you about this. You know, you don't do anything before you talk to us. Of course we work for free. All right. Because okay. we want to always support you. We want to help you make good decisions. Okay. Uh, okay. I appreciate that. Yes. Well, Thank very, you very much. You're very welcome. And I appreciate you being on this episode of Unfound. My pleasure. And that was my September 2020 interview with Becky Griffith, mother of Robbie Hurt. I called Becky to let her know this in memoriam episode would be happening, but she did not get back to me. However, I have spoken to her this year about Robbie's remains being found. Before I offer commentary in this summary, maybe I should go through how someone came upon Robbie's remains. 
There is now a map posted at all of Unfound's social media accounts and on the website where you can see where Robbie's truck was and where his remains were found. As for the circumstances regarding Robbie's discovery, a road crew was clearing brush from a power line right away on December 8, 2020. This is so the electric company can access their towers because they are so far from the main road. This group came upon the remains and called authorities. The location was not quite a mile from where Robbie's truck was found. It took about two months for the bones to be linked to Robbie. This is a lot faster than other cases we've covered. Austin Pivo and Andrea Bowman come to mind. So, what are we to think now about Robbie's disappearance? Well, you should know that there is no reason to think that there was foul play. In that way, his disappearance is very much like Crystal Morrison's, in that there were reasons at the time to believe someone caused Crystal's disappearance. Instead, we now know that there was no foul play. With Robbie, the same thing. And at this point, I should admit that back in September 2020, I thought someone harmed Robbie, or at least covered something up. I was wrong. And I must also admit that many of the members in the think tank back in September 2020 got Robbie's disappearance right. They really did believe he left that guy's home alive, then ditched his truck and walked or ran off. I did not. So I must give all respect to those members. Granted, I don't believe there has been any official announcement regarding that, but I find it hard to believe that guy who gave Robbie Narcan or someone else would have dumped Robbie's body at a place that would have been obvious as a place where humans would travel or work, like an area where power lines are because that's the only reason Robbie was found. Really, if someone tried to cover up Robbie's death, why didn't the person dump him out in the middle of nowhere? And within all of that, this is what makes disappearances that have a drug element to them so tough. Sometimes the people involved in this activity are telling the truth. But they tell the truth so seldom that it's tough to believe them. The guy, Bob, said Robbie overdosed. He brought Robbie back to life. And Robbie left. To me, the story sounded questionable. But many of you believed it. So maybe these types of people don't lie as much as we think. Why wasn't Robbie found during the initial searches? I doubt they went that far away from the truck. And it seems to me searchers gave a lot of credibility to the dogs that led everyone to a local gas station. You should know, the dogs went in the opposite direction of where Robbie was found. True story. Why did the dogs do that? Because they aren't reliable. Something I've been saying since about the beginning of this program. So now, in August of 2021... As best as we can tell, Robbie, after overdosing at Bob's, either had some type of accident after walking away from his truck 
or he had another overdose. But I think it's clear that there was no cover-up or foul play involved. Robbie Hurt, rest in peace. And that's the program. If you found it informative, please go to the app that you use to listen to Unfound and give this podcast a nice review. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Denzel, and you've been listening to Unfound.